1: Welcome to It Mondays here. at Hale Varsity Radio, and we welcome you in as Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal set to go you know, the next couple of hours. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. To dial us up, toll-free across the state, 1-800-825-5865. You can always watch the show and enter on in the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. The Black Shirt Hour going on in the 5 o'clock hour. Mr. Black Shirt Charlie McBride will join us. We'll get Uncle Charlie's take on the Black Shirt defense, his thoughts on the Northern Illinois win by Nebraska and uh, Nebraska's situation moving forward. Jay Moore, a big red wrap-up. Uh, Jay Moore will be with us also in Hour 2. Elijah, how was the weekend? I thought you were going to be wandering in traffic with the Hail Mary that made you smile and the two-point attempt that made you cry as a Denver fan. What's up, man? Did you survive Sunday after a late Saturday? I did. I did. Um, That tone is very matter-of-fact. There's a little sadness in that tone. I get it. A little bit bit of sadness. There was a moment. There was a moment, Schmitty.
0: And that ball was in the air, it gets tipped around and caught in the end zone. It was miraculous. Oh, yeah, you're telling me. There's a moment there where, in the back of my mind, I thought, this is what the Broncos needed to get back on track. It's a new era under Sean Payton. Russ has been looking for some confidence. It wasn't always there today. You're going to go out there. It's the Hail Mary miraculous. You get the two-point conversion. You take it to overtime. You drive down the first series and win it. And as quickly as I had that thought, it goes away. No pass interference called in the back of the end zone, despite the fact that Cortland Sutton got mugged. It's almost like the referees don't like Sean Payton after he raised a, a whole stink about that pass interference in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and they don't want to call any, any PIs for any Sean Payton teams anymore. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Don't get me wrong here. But as a Broncos fan, I've, I've seen enough over the past couple of years. I saw enough yesterday. It, it's uh, The Broncos are staring down the barrel of the gun of another awful season, another lost season. and At least they have their first-round pick this year. I'll just say that. At least they have their first-round well, pick.
1: Well, you have advocated for, for tanking. You went on Twitter, at Herbal Essence is where you find Elijah, and he's like, just start tanking now and uh, get us the quarterback of the future. Get Caleb Williams, or dare I say, just help Should do or move down the road because, of course, Colorado stays America's team for another week until Uncle Phil and Oregon go nuke them or at least cover the 22 and a half point spread. You're supposed to do that as a favorite, you know, at home. Uh, We'll get to Buff Night as in unison, the bar I was at, Nebraska fans were screaming and cheering like Nebraska was on TV. But instead, they are rooting for their old friend, Jay Norvell, who used to wear Billy C's headset as OC, trying to help Jay Norvell will the Rams to shock the world. It did not happen. You mentioned a, a, a new feeling, a new start. This could be the moment of the turnaround. I don't know if we're going to look back on the Northern Illinois win as that, but it's better than what's been the alternative. Two and nine. With backup quarterbacks, uh, that's Nebraska's record, the last 11. Sam McEwen had that stat in his column this morning. Give Sam credit for that. And uh, what did happen Saturday night is enough offense, a little complimentary football, and a killer defense yet again for Nebraska that uh, keeps the fans in their seats and wanting more with how well Tony White has that defense rocking and rolling. So we'll get into the, the news of the day here in a moment, but hope you all had a good weekend, bumped into a few of you at the single barrel for the pregame show. It was awesome to see everyone. And hey, Nebraska is a winner. You can't always say that anymore. Uh, unfortunately, if you're a Nebraska fan, but they got the job done. They got the job done with, uh, you know, the Carney kid, And uh, they got the job done with some defense and, dare I say it, 96 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. Have you, will you, do you care what it looks like? Yes, you do as a a Nebraska fan. You care what it looks like. But I'm saying this style, where it is slugging through the mud, eventually uh, get the team into their corner. They are unable. To withstand the body blows that Coach Rule talks about, and what's fourteen to three with too many shots to the body turns into thirty-five to eleven. It's a win. It's a cover. You're happy uh, that that's the result as a Nebraska fan, but it's not exactly sexy. And right now, you don't care about sexy. If you're a Nebraska football fan, you you just want the yes, right? And you got to win. And uh, Nebraska moves on. Uh, Louisiana Tech comes to town Saturday. Well, it's funny, Schmidt, because – As we all ramp up for Michigan at 2.30. It's, and it's funny because you, you, you throw Michigan
0: in there. I was sitting here preseason – wondering, man, what the hell are we going to talk about between Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech? And as I should have known, running backs
1: and quarterbacks. In Nebraska, (laughs) something's
0: going to come up. We got plenty to talk about this week as we actually have our first phone caller of the day. And you can give us a call, 402-489-1240. That's 402-489-1240. Also 800-825-5865. I have a feeling what the phone call is going to be about, Schmitty.
1: I think so. Who's with us? We have Paul on the line. Paul, go for it. Talk to me.
0: I'll take any win,
1: anytime. Uh, I hate
0: when it's an ugly win because that uh, gives us an idea that maybe we aren't that good, but hey, win's a win. Uh, what I really wanted to talk to is on uh, the injury bug. Can we call an exterminator and get that knocked out of the system, please?
1: You know, that'd be, that'd be nice. Now, the guy who's been the king of development in college football the last few years with his previous stops, is going to uh, work hard at at making sure things get developed. You you can develop other spots maybe more in an accelerated fashion than you can on the offensive or defensive line, Paul. So there's the hope there. You've got a guy that if he can hold on to the football, is your most talented explosive running back, and you have a large sample size with AG there carrying the football. What we don't know about Emmett Johnson, although his film in high school was good enough to catch Ron Brown's eye, and he's been waiting his turn, not hitting the portal. Quentin Ives, also a guy that caught the eye of E.J. Barthel when he was at Connecticut, and uh, Temple also liked him. So there are options, but there's two more unknowns. What we knew about Gabe Urban, what we knew, go ahead.
2: What's up with Prohaska?
1: I think they're just kind of working him in slowly so they don't rush it. He at least got nine snaps. Maybe that nine turns to 18 or more next time, and maybe he's ready uh, football-wise to go against Michigan. And that, that's, I think the, that's that was the, the feel plan. I get
0: from the outside. There's a difference between a guy being in shape and being in football shape. He's got a clean, I th- I, a clean bill of health, I should say, at least from what I've been told. I think they're working him in towards a place where he's going to be ready to go to start against Michigan so you're not just – throwing a guy into the fire out of shape because, as I said, football shape and being in shape are two different things. Yeah. So
1: clean bill of health, but, well, uh, but try, try to slowly work him back. Any Paul thoughts appreciate-
0: about, oh, go ahead, guys. Have a great day. No, is
1: it, appreciate you. No, that's fine. And we uh, appreciate Paul's call, 489-1240, 800-825-5865. We'll get to some of your stream comments as well. But, Elijah, let me put it to you this way. As a Nebraska fan, what are you more worried about, quarterback or running back? Based on what I've seen thus
0: far this year, Schmidt I think it's it's quarterback because quarterback's been the guy not only that is leading the offense, but it's also the guy that's been your leading rusher every single game. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with the quarterback right away. I mean, you have a guy in Anthony Grant that, that was a bell cow for you last year, took the lion's share of your snaps. He's been there. He has done that. You feel all right aside from the fumbling issue about Anthony Grant and his ability, but you didn't really have that as an issue last year for the for the, the Husker football team with Anthony Grant. He had a couple fumbles, but I wouldn't have called it an issue. So I'm much more worried about the quarterback and the quarterback dilemma moving forward that Nebraska is in because you have a guy that's been your anointed one for nine months now in Jeff Sims, and he hasn't lived up to the expectations thus far. And Matt Rule said it, you don't lose a job because of injury, but Heinrich <laughs> Harburg comes in and performs admirably on Saturday and and really put in a a strong performance for his audition to be Nebraska's starter moving forward. I still think Sims is probably the guy whenever they trot out there on Saturday. I think you know what you have in Harburg, and I think you can have a a shorter leash on Jeff Sims moving forward. But uh, I think that's probably where Matt Rule's bigger concern as long with Marcus Satterfield this week is what are we going to do at the quarterback position? Because I don't think as of right now, those coaches know necessarily who's going to be the starter against Louisiana Tech. I think they're probably going to have an open week of competition to figure that out. And you you do know who's going to be at running back position on Saturday. It's going to be Anthony Grant.
1: You do have two best friends, though, with a backup quarterback or a quarterback that you want to manage versus put the game in his hands. It's uh, your your tight end. We have two best friends on offense anyway. Your tight end in your running game, right, to take some of that pressure off of your quarterback. Nebraska able to lean on the run game and use a quarterback – and a physical guy like Harburg as part of the run game. So I don't think Nebraska's got a dilemma at all at quarterback. Let me tell you why. Because if Sims is healthy enough to go, he goes. If he does not take care of the football or the offense is sluggish under him, then you make a change. Again, the team is first in this, and whoever gives you the best chance to win, you're going to go back to Sims and say – Son, we're glad you're healthy. We believe in you. You've got all the talent in the world. You are uh, explosive in the ground, w- with, with your legs. And you have some nice arm talent and an Elite 11 quarterback. It needs to show up in Lincoln on Saturday at 2.30. At and you don't forget Harburg, but you let Sims get comfortable. You let Sims settle in. And if he's not up to the task post-injury, Then you make the change. You also also get Sims some reps. You get him some series. You can rotate him. But Sims is the guy that's under center. If he's healthy enough to go, keeping with that, you don't lose your job to injury. The other, aside from this, is if it is practice, everyone's healthy. Rule set it today. The the guy who has the best practice is going to be playing. Who has the best week of practice? at it, it, each position group. That's who's going to play. And if Sims doesn't, if he's healthy but doesn't have a great week of practice, there's still turnover issues, that's your justification to go a different route. So you have one game uh, to, to judge Harburg on. You have two games against two pretty tough opponents to judge Sims on. Does he flip it around with a, a second opportunity here to make a better impression That's what he needs to do to keep being the quarterback at Nebraska. You know what you got in Harburg, and there's a ton of upside for Harburg that you have now and into the future. So it's a tough call for Rule but I think it's going to be an obvious call, and practice will dictate that this week.
0: Well, and the dilemma that that I see here is less about the Louisiana Tech game and more about what's looming Michigan. against Michigan. Louisiana Tech is supposed to be a tune-up game, just as, as Northern Illinois was, to get you ready for whenever Michigan comes to town. And I don't think you want to be jerking around with having two quarterbacks on the field against Louisiana Tech. And now we're using this game to evaluate who's going to start next week. It's about building the confidence and, and knocking the kinks out of the guy that is going to be starting against Michigan. So that's what I think the dilemma is this week, is you have one week to decide who's going to start for you two weeks from now, in my humble opinion. Because you've heard it from a lot of people in football. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. You need to have that guy that has the confidence and the the respect of his teammates at a point. And and you want to be able to have that Louisiana tech game that, you know what, if Hunter Carberg still has some more, he needs to get hammered out before Michigan comes to town. He gets to take those lumps against Louisiana tech. Whenever you can make some more mistakes and still leave the game with the win or on the other side, it's Jeff Sims where, you know what he does against big time opposition. If he does come in and start against Louisiana tech, which I think he probably will, and has a good looking game you feel good about that but does he regress back to what he was whenever a big dog comes to town that's the concern and that's why I think there is a real quarterback concern this week because it's not about Louisiana Tech it's about Michigan and you have a couple of days of practice in my humble opinion to decide who is your starter moving forward for this season and that's why I probably lean towards Sims that was the guy you've picked and you can have a short leash and say you know what Sims if if you have any mistakes we have a guy in Heinrich Harburg backing you up that we feel really good about.
1: Well, and you know, if there's a pick that's flipped or tipped, I should say, that isn't that isn't an obvious Sims what the hell moment, then then you give him a little bit uh, a lead leadway. We'll get to the call. Hang on if you're on the if you're on the line, stay there. We'll get to you on the other side. I don't want to shortchange the caller. Okay. Uh, have him hang on. 489 1240 or 800 825 5865 With with Sims in, in Harburg I love your take. Who's going to be ready for Michigan? This football program and this head coach is looking at one rep, one snap, one play at a time, one game at a time. They're going to look at it as, all right, who's going to give Nebraska the best chance? Who's ready for Louisiana Tech? Not necessarily who's ready for Michigan. They aren't fast forward in two weeks. I I guarantee you because you got too green of a quarterback in Harburg, and you've got a guy you're trying to get up off the mat from a turnover bug in Sims. So they're going to look at this thing in a vacuum and approach it that way. We'll get to some of your emails, Chris at hailvarsity.com And as promised, more of your stream comments, phone lines for you this whole hour. As uh, we're with you on a Monday, at Hale Varsity. And you uh, can also stream us the Hale Varsity YouTube channel.
0: Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmidt. Schmidty's a great guy, but he do not have a brain. And Elijah.
1: you want me to speak? We're not pointing you yet.
0: On Hail Varsity Radio.
1: Thanks for hanging out. It's Hail Varsity Radio on a Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can find us on some socials, can watch the show, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel, the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. And some comments to get to as well as uh, we have this from Brando's Sports World. We got the W. Now let's go get five more and go bowling. It's doable, right, guys? Uh, Looking at the Big Ten West, yes, it is very doable. Uh, I don't know where Nebraska's quarterback situation is going to be. I don't know what Nebraska's running back situation is going to be. I don't know what Nebraska's ball security situation is going to be. It needs to be carbon copied minus one against Northern Illinois. Uh, That's trip sack. But, hey, the defense stepped up, got tough, and held them to three. But I think there's absolutely a drive for six on the schedule. We'll see if Nebraska – can answer that bell big noon kickoff is just going to move into boulder i think because they are going to be there for colorado hosting usc on september 30th uh shock surprise i get it uh you have brian that's uh sad when it comes to quarterbacks first aaron Rodgers, now johnson and irvin my teams are cursed brian get some of joe boo's rum and find a uh, a bucket of chicken I'm not going to go with the live chicken. Don't want Peter to lose their mind. But go find some chicken and uh, and, and go the major league route. So uh, you have Cutter chiming in. We'll get to the quarterback here in a moment. Uh, HH looked more comfortable in the offensive system compared to Sims. Also, HH did what he needed to do and shouldn't be punished because he didn't play against tougher competition. He deserves a chance to lead. Listen, it's, it's easy to go with the hot hand, and Harburg did nothing to not bring more confidence to the defense, the offense, the, the football team. I understand the confidence level's minimal in Sims, but the guy, if he looks good and performs the best this week in practice, Elijah, he'll get the nod he'll get the nod and he's got a little bit more lead way coming back from injury. Now he needs to be effective. He needs to be competent, needs to be efficient. He can't endanger this football team. And that's really the question. And you'll get a chance to see and decide if he's him old, if he's his old self with uh, a little bit more confidence. Don't forget. Don't forget. I mean, Sims, Sims has got to bounce back physically and also mentally from those two two weeks. This guy's had uh, a ton of NIL buzz and love going into this season. That has died down. Uh, What he does have is the support in the locker room uh, from teammates, from his coaches, from his quarterback room. Uh, So I think that that chemistry part's very real. And if he's not up for it, then it is going to be Harburg's job to keep a hold of and that's all right too. This is important for rule because I think you need to go to your guys, your single digit guys, taking sims out of the equation on it of course. Uh, and and get get the feedback from your team. I mean, listen to your seniors and some of your captains on this football team, what do they want? Let's have a let's have a talk if I'm part of this Nebraska football team.
0: Well, you have to ask yourself who gives you the best chance to win now. And I do. I like what I saw from Harburg on Saturday. I don't think his performance was flawless. I think a lot of Husker fans look back at it with some rose-tinted glasses. Wasn't always comfortable in the pocket. And, I mean, like, I wouldn't have been comfortable either with the way some of those Northern Illinois defensive linemen were were getting off their blocks and and putting some pressure on Harburg. But he, he had some happy feet in the pocket at times. I think he missed some open guys in in hopes of extending plays and getting outside at the end of the day, a wins a win and you can look at the the huge positive, which is no really unforced errors from Heinrich Harburg at the quarterbacking spot. The one turnover uh, was more of an element of, of a, I think an unlucky call against the blitz that the defense was bringing at that time. It happens. I don't quite like the execution, but it happens and you, you, you tip your cap to your defense for bailing you out of that situation. Uh, but I'm not convinced that that Heinrich Harburg is necessarily the guy that gives you the best chance to win now because we don't know what he can do against a, a power five opposition, and you really like the upside, and you like the, the thought that a guy like Heinrich Harburg can get better as the year goes on, because we have a guy in Sims that started 30-plus games, how much more room for improvement does he have, or is he already what he is? As for Harburg, he started one game. Does he have that, that upward trajectory where he can get better as the year goes on, and by the end of the year, he gives you the best chance to win, even though he might not give you the best chance to win. Now, these are, I'm sure, things that are all going through the coaching staff's mind right now, but at the end of the day, you have a defense that has shown it through three games, they are ready to win football games now. And that defense is going to give you a chance to win damn near every single game on the schedule this year. Who knows what Michigan's offense is going to look like against that defense. But I'd, I'd like to think that that defense is at least even going to give you a chance to be in it against Michigan. So who gives you the best chance to go out there and and put 14 to 21 points on the board? Because that, that might be all it takes this year based on how the defense is playing. Is that hard because he doesn't turn the ball over? Maybe he's a Jeff Sims with how he can put the ball really on a frozen rope. He's got drive in his throw. You can see the arm talent, the ability to step up in the pocket. I think he does more favors to the offensive line based on his pocket presence. There's a reason why guys like Matt Rule and, and Marcus Satterfield are making millions of dollars, and now I'm not. They have the hard decisions to make. My opinion in it really doesn't matter. I think Sims is probably the guy that gives you the best chance to win now, but if they sit back and say, hey, we like the upward trajectory, the, the upward mobility of a guy like Harburg to get better as the year goes on. And by the time that you roll into November, we have a better chance with Harburg. You know what? I I think you respect that, but I think the key is whoever you have playing against Louisiana tech needs to be the guy that goes against Michigan. I think you have five days to, to pick your starter for two games, because I don't think starting a guy against Louisiana tech and then throwing the
1: other guy back into the fire against Michigan is a winning formula. You need to see both of them. You need to see both of them on Saturday, whoever gets the start. Great. Who plays better within the game. Uh, kind of springboarding off practice, Anonymous chimes in the old cliche: If you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterbacks. But if you have no quarterback, go ahead and play two. Split the carries, keep them healthy. Use Sims also as a running back, wide receiver. That's something that's been out there, uh, you know. Use Sims similar to what Nebraska did with McCaffrey, is kind of that slash option and see how it rolls, whatever it takes to get some explosive plays. And to Nebraska's credit, they had some explosives. They had, I think, four to five of them against Northern Illinois. The other part of this, Elijah, do you know, what what type of stock are you putting in the offensive performance against Northern Illinois? Are you able to apply that into Big Ten play? And I, I don't know. I know that there's lots of – Praise being given before kickoff, and there's praise being given to Northern Illinois' defense after kickoff. So, while well, it took a while. You finally produced, and, and 35 points is nothing to sneeze at. Nebraska was averaging 12, for the love of God, through, through two games. Uh, and you've, you've missed out on possessions. Nebraska's offense, though, needs to hold on to the ball, put a drive together, and at least be able to flip the field position uh, by getting a first down or two if they start a drive off in their own 20 25 yard line. So uh, that's that's the goal obviously obviously it's to go score and hold the football and and wear down the opponent. But if you're not going to be able to get a productive drive at least in a minimal standpoint minimalist standpoint get at least enough going to to flip the field and let your defense go sing for a three and out and then set you back up. That was a flipping point turning point of that ball game from offense to to defense back to offense through special teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you were worried, I think, whenever that fumble happened inside the five, that, oh, here we go again. But you get, I guess, it's not quite complimentary that your offense turned the ball over inside your own 10-yard line, but it is complimentary football that your defense is able to get off the field and the offense uh, can go drive down and score after that and, and put a little more separation between you and your opponent in Northern Illinois. So you saw a little bit more complimentary football and is some of that credit to Heiner Carberg with how he was able to lead by example from the front? It, it is something special within a team whenever your quarterback is the guy that's most willing on a first drive to put his shoulder down and fight for extra yardage, to fight for a first down, to go lay a, lay a lick on a defensive back as opposed to the other way around. That leading by example mentality does mean something. I think you saw the team take that spark whenever Heinrich Harburg, the Nebraska kid, is willing to go run through a defensive back's face. And you know what? Whenever he gets into the end zone, he's the most hyped guy on the field. Stuff like that is important within a team environment, not just from the, the rest of the offense, that you get stuff like Anthony Grant going and lowering the shoulder later in the game in a, in a, a moment in the game where the The game, based on how your defense has been playing, feels pretty out of reach. He's still willing to go in and lowering the boom because what he saw from his quarterback earlier in the game or the fact that your defense has an offense that they look at and they go, all right, those guys are putting 100% on the field. We need to go out there and put 100% on the field because look what our quarterback's doing. He's willing to go run somebody over. That's something that's important in the stock. here, not just for what your offense is, but what does that quarterback that you have mean to the rest of the team? Do you have a quarterback that the rest of the team wants to go and fight for? And I saw a performance from Heiner Carberg on Saturday that does show that the team wanted to go fight for the guy that you had at starting quarterback and again as I already said I don't want to sound like a broken record here but thank God I'm not the person that has to make that decision this week because it feels like every single time something new comes out of my mouth I go well I think you can make a good argument for Heinrich and then oh well you can make a good argument for Jeff Sims it's going to just be a tough decision that I'm sure some coaches are going to be losing some sleep over this week
1: well just it's really a decision that uh, both quarterbacks right now. Let's call. Let's say all three. Right. Say say Chuba. They have the opportunity to make their case, right? And that's that's the reality of it. So Matthew chimes in. Uh, nobody better act surprised if Sim starts, turns the ball over three times, gets booed, and rule doesn't pull him right away. Uh, the the quarterback is a delicate delicate spot you gotta be psychologist you gotta be uh, also uh, head coach you gotta have all sorts of different hats Elijah but, but when- you, you know this you know this well
0: But one thing that That I I do appreciate from what we saw from Jeff Sims on Saturday is he did act like a single-digit guy in that despite the fact that he wasn't playing, he's the guy over on the sideline walking through film with Heiner Carver. He's there pregame giving tips to Heiner Carver. He was not a guy that that looked like he was angry about the fact that he wasn't starting. That's what you want from a single-digit guy. You lead by example in that way, even when you aren't on the field, he's going to be the guy on the sideline that, you know what, I know this guy is gunning for my job right now, but what's more important is the team. And I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to prepare this guy so that the team wins and you know what if that's to my own detriment it's okay because it's to the team's
1: benefit cutter nails it as he says look at least nebraska has two options at quarterback there could be a guy named rocky playing quarterback who is just atrocious throwing the football uh 70 years of college they're called doctors right that's the tommy boy line we'll keep rolling on a monday more thoughts from coach rule hail varsity continues
2: And now, and now, back to Hale
1: Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. As Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel have you streaming. And, of course, wherever you hear us across the Hale Varsity Radio network, Hale Varsity YouTube, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Brian made me laugh during the break when I read this. And, uh, you know, you have teams that they call old teams, uh, it's pretty good. A feel-good story about Rocky. I heard that his grandkids were able to come down to Lincoln and see Pop Pop play. <laughs> Rocky, at, at seven years of college, might have a mortgage, might have some in hair. It's all right. Had to make that switch for the misses from a two-door to a four-door, or maybe Rocky just has a minivan. I mean,
0: and I, I kind of feel, feel for Rocky Lombardi because he's had two starts at Memorial Stadium, and I guess – some, uh, some older Big 8 quarterbacks probably have similar memories of Memorial Stadium, but it's been a little bit different within the past 15 to 20 years. That dude has just gotten killed every single time he's been in the Memorial Stadium grass. Because you remember, he got smoked on a uh, on a blindside hit from Deontay Williams back the first right. time he was in Lincoln in the snow that set up Nebraska's game-winning field goal. Absolutely smoked on the blindside, fumbled it, Nebraska recovered. I'm sure that was uh, one that was, left him a little black and blue after that game. And then again on Saturday, he was... He was seeing ghosts out there from the Nebraska front four. They were they were getting after him, and he had a couple of sacks that I think can be credited to God or maybe the wind. I'm not quite sure. Maybe you just credit it
1: to the, the ghost turf, that he was the, out there seeing it. The turf monster, The, tur- the turf monster is, is who's going to get the credit for that? But yeah, I, I don't uh, think he's had positive reviews of his time at Memorial Stadium, though. No, two games, a total of nine points for for one Rocky Lombardi, the pride of somewhere in Iowa. But uh, he's, got a, he's got a football guy's name. Let's hear from Coach Rule here. We'll keep your comments coming. You want to make a phone call, do it. It's 800-825-5865 or 489-1240. Uh, Rocky came from Des Moines Valley. Uh, same spot as Maddie Kubik. Brent, thank you for the heads up. I think we meant Brent at the blur parties in Boulder. If uh, memory serves, and that's pretty, pretty good funny. To you.
0: He says she
1: didn't know him because
0: she was in third grade when he was there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, age difference, right? So let's jump to Coach Rule, and we touched on the running back situation to start the show.
2: And uh, here is Coach Rule making that announcement here at the presser today. Uh, just a couple of uh, injury announcements. First of all, at quarterback, um, uh, Jeff was able to practice last night, so we'll go through the week uh, with him, see what his status is in the game. You know, just full disclosure, I won't make any comments until game time, um, just for competitive reasons, obviously. But um, you know, we'll try to get all three quarterbacks ready to play this week. Um, in injury news, we had some guys' uh, seasons end early, unfortunately, on Saturday. Um, Ramirez Johnson will uh, have surgery for shoulder dislocated his shoulder, and uh, serious enough that he'll miss the year. Gabe Irvin, um, dislocated his hip and left we'll surgery on his hip. So he'll be done for the year. And, uh, Dwight Boodle, um, hurt his shoulder in the game and we'll have to have surgery. So he'll, he'll be done for the year. So, um, the football impact aside, um, especially for Ramir, who's a senior. Um, I can just tell you it's heartbreaking on this end. Um, um it's an unbelievable, unbelievable young man. And, um, you know, just, um, a leader. So uh, Gabe has done a great job for us. Excellent leader, excellent teammate. So um, my, my, my heart really hurts for those two guys.
1: You know, Elijah, you could hear it in rules voice there. If you've watched the, the presser on Twitter or stream, you could see it in his eyes that he is absolutely broken for these guys because he, uh, cares a ton about him you're missing the veteran talent and toughness of Ramirez. you're missing that thumper of gabe irvin and you saw him fight as kind of the guy to come back he's also a dude that really set the tone and bought in early for nebraska and irvin loves to get lathered up and has been running the ball pretty well now what you do have is Anthony Grant, your most explosive running back in position here to uh, to win that RB1 spot through a good week of practice and obviously holding on to the football. What we need to know about is Emmett Johnson and coach Rule touched on the former player of the year in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, I think Emmett's um, Emmett's been like in in, in Ramirez's backup as like that third down back, catch the ball out of the backfield, excellent change of direction. I think mean, the thing about Emmett is he's really smart, highly competitive. Um, you know, we, we hear us sometimes say, "Oh, you." He's like he's one of us. Like he's got that mindset. Like whatever it takes. If I said to Emmett, "Hey, can you go over and play safety this game?" He'd say, "Yes, sir," and go over and find a way to do it. So I have a full confidence in him. He's just, you know, it's a loaded backfield. You know, with some older guys, he's just been waiting his turn. But he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can catch the ball. And he'll know all the protections. Uh, Quinton. Um, Quentin's a big, powerful, you know, he's, in the, he's an eye back, you know. He's kind of a downhill runner, so um, he doesn't know everything, you know, because he's been reading off of a card, but he's been in all the meetings. You know, there's there's a reason why we do what we do and practice the way we practice and meet so that when these things happen, guys are ready. Um, you know, Ramir, Ramir obviously was crushed, but he was out at practice last night walking around, following him around, making sure he knew what he was doing. So um, all hands will be on deck.
1: What you do have with this new staff is – and you've seen it on the defensive end with 25 to 35 guys shuffling in and out. They are a billion percent serious of development and getting guys ready. When this stuff pops up, you got to be ready versus learn on the job. And Nebraska will do everything in their power to get guys ready – on the offensive side at the quarterback spot, at the running back spot, even on the offensive line spot, you hear coach McBride talk about it a lot when it comes to coaching for depth. Well, it's been an asset for you because you got some of your studs on defense logging about 30 to five, 35 to 40 snaps versus being exhausted in in week 3 because you're the best we got and you're all we got. Hmm. So that that mindset has been put into action by this coaching staff and you got to feel good if you're a nebraska fan that this staff will get that next man up ready now is there going to be a gap probably initially but at least there's going to be hopefully a smaller gap than what you've seen in past years i mean nebraska's think of the think of the instances last year where you didn't have casey thompson and that sucks for casey with his acl he got lit up by clemson but think about where the offense went with Casey and then without Casey. You were you were hosed because the guy that started last Saturday for you for Nebraska wasn't even in quarterback meetings. I mean, right? how, how fortunate
0: are you when you look in contrast to what the quarterback spot was last year? The Nebraska has a third string running back who still has 12 division one starts under his belt. A guy that, that has been there, that has done that, that knows what he is doing. Nebraska's fortunate in the depth in the running back room, and to have a second running back that's a freshman that's going to be able to get some limited snaps in Emmett Johnson, I believe a redshirt freshman, if if my memory serves me correctly there. Yep, redshirt. That sounds like a situation that most colleges in the country are dealing with in a given year. You know what? You have your starter, and the backup is a guy that's a little bit more limited. He's newer. He doesn't know everything, but you feel comfortable about getting him in limited snaps. Nebraska is still somewhat fine. Obviously, it hurts to lose your top two backs, but if any of the spots – on your entire team where you could lose your top two guys and still feel good about what's behind them is probably a running back spot. So whenever you take it with that context, I think you're gutted for
1: Ramir. I think you're gutted for Gabe. I think Nebraska can still be fine. Well, we'll see. And it's going to come down to the line. We'll wind down our one on hail varsity.